Alex, I sure as hell will not back down. I am 22.44 points away from the clean sweep in all my fantasy leagues, going to the championship game, going to the big dance. One away, Alex. One win away. The only person standing in my way, well, the only two persons, two, two people, excuse me, James Conner, Deontay Johnson. Same on my side as well. I am 18, roughly 18 points outside looking in for the championship game. Deontay Johnson could be my hero. He could be the death of me. I'm not really sure how this game will go. Time will only tell for the Steelers and Bengals. Obviously, they kick off tonight. Monday night football. What a terrible Monday night football game, I may add. But either way, should be uh, we'll be watching with intent for sure. But obviously, a lot happening on Saturday and Sunday. I know we want to get right into it. Wait, I do want to just say, I do want to just say one thing. We do have an event to shoot, but you know how tonight, the, like the planets are supposed to align or something. I did see something along that. And you were there last nature. night when I cur- cur- cast my curse, my spell on Deontay Johnson and James Conner to score under twenty-four points. I did doing some witchcraft over the stove, speaking in different languages. Well, the the freaking planets are going to align now. You're I, a winner. Feel, I feel very confident. You're a winner tonight. I feel extremely 100%. confident. But like Alex said earlier before I so rudely cut him off, I apologize. We got an event to fly to, so we got to do some rapid picks recaps. You guys seem to have liked the rapid picks the last time, so we got to do the recaps. We got an event to fly to, as we just said. So we'll start on Saturday. The Buffalo Bills defeating the Denver Broncos 48-19 to to clinch the AFC East title for the first time since 1995. It's been a long com- a long time coming for the Bills, and the Bills fans were there at the airport to greet Josh Allen and the Bills following the big win. They were partying like it was 1995 for sure. They were partying like it was 2019 for Holy sure. Holy smokes. Holy smokes. What a uh, what an overwhelming amount of people welcoming back Josh Allen at least. Uh, his truck, I know he was in a mass, so he was safe. I don't know about all those other people. Who cares at this point if you're a sports fan you want to see your team to your team's play and you want to see them arrive back at the airport, I guess. So good for them, I guess, supporting their team. Great win for the Bills. thought the Broncos would have made this a little more interesting. I was very wrong. Josh Allen, 360 yards, two touchdowns. Holy smokes, Stephon Diggs continuing his 1,000-yard season. Obviously, he hit that. 11 catches, 147 yards. Leads the league in receptions as well. It's amazing what a number one receiver does for a good quarterback, isn't it? Sure it really is. is. Not throwing a John Brown and Cole Beasley, but Cole Beasley somehow staying so ever so relevant, especially nowadays. I feel like he's just been around forever, just catching little out routes and slants 10 yards at a time, somehow managing like 10, 100-yard games per season. I don't get how he does it. He's pretty much the definition of consistency. The guy has 100-plus receiving yards for the seventh time in two seasons with Buffalo, uh, two such games in last uh, the last seven seasons with Dallas. I think he just needed a change uh, change of scenery as well. As for the outcome of this game, again, we got to kind of go quick here. Um, the outcome, not so much a surprise. The fact that the Buffalo Bills put up forty eight points is kind of the surprise here. Not not doubting the Buffalo Bills offense whatsoever, but forty eight points is a lot of freaking points. Sure is, and that's uh, good for the Bills. Good to see their offense is clicking right at the right time, especially come playoff time. Great one for the Bills. 1995, good for them. Patriots being dethroned as the AFC East champs. Next up on the other Saturday game, we got Panthers at Packers. Green Bay advancing to 14-2 at home since 2019. They have just been pure 
dominant with Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers uh, since taking over. Um, especially at home. Especially at home, right. Uh, this game, another one. A little closer than we would have thought it would be. Carolina is certainly a team uh, looking like next year. Obviously going to be a better year for them. They have all the pieces, though. They just need to stay healthy at the receiving core, and especially Christian McCaffrey out of the defense. I think they'll be a good team coming into next year. Green Bay, this is the kind of game that worries me. Obviously, they have games against the Colts, which they lost in overtime. A closer game, I will add. But even the uh, the scare against the Vikings and the Buccaneers, Aaron Rodgers is certainly a quarterback that can lead this team into the playoffs, into the Super Bowl, mind you. It's just everybody else around him, uh, including their defense, that uh, you know maybe they want to show up at some point. This wasn't a total MVP performance from Rodgers. Granted, he did get a win, only throwing for 143 yards and a touchdown. Granted, Aaron Jones took care of him on the run game, 145 yards and a touchdown, averaging seven yards a carry there. I don't really know what to think of this game. I think it's just I'm glad they came out with a win, eight-point win. Eight points is eight points. Good win for the Packers. A little worrisome going in the playoffs. The Panthers just haven't been able to close it out. They've been actually keeping most of their games tight this year. As uh, Eight of their last ten losses have been by one possession. They've been keeping games really tight, especially without their number one player in Christian McCaffrey. Um, so is it really that surprising they kept it tight? No. Remember, they did so against the Chiefs, the one game they had McCaffrey back. Right. And then he got hurt again. Um, as for the, the Panthers now, they have lost eight straight games. It's the second longest uh, single-season streak in team history. Um not good for them. A team that we were saying, you know, looked well coached. Matt Rule looked to be doing a great job at the beginning of the season. Uh, when, when you know, when you go through all those injuries, the wheels kind of fall off there. And I think that's what happened with Carolina. You know, you lose your centerpiece of your offense. That offense runs through McCaffrey. Sure does. He accounts for almost all of their yardage. If you look at it, it's all him. It's pretty much all him. And you know, even when he's not getting the ball, he poises matchup issues. We, I, I don't need to sit here and say that this offense goes through McCaffrey. Everyone knows that. So obviously when that happens and you know you get them back and you think right about at time where they can maybe make a push, Motley gets hurt again. So the wheels just kind of fell off for the Panthers there. And uh, can't really blame them. You know, it, it's been a tough season, tough tough opening year for Matt Rule. But good win for the Packers. Good win. They got a win. About, that's about it. That's about all the end of the day they need. Next up, we got Patriots at Dolphins. The Patriots will miss the playoffs for the first time since the 2008 season with yesterday's 22-12 loss to the Dolphins. You know what, Alex? I, I sat here on Friday. or did we, re- did we release it on Friday last week or d- Thursday? Friday. Friday. I sat here on Friday last week and said, you know, Tua will put another uh, win into that W column for rookie quarterbacks against Bill Belichick. Well, you know, he became the first quarterback to defeat the Patriots and Bill Belichick since Geno Smith in Week 7 of 2013. Woof. It's been a long time coming. Woof. Um, as for the Patriots, you know, Alex, you got to feel bad for Cam Newton. Yeah, I'm done with the Patriots. Totally done. I'm done with their push to the playoff. I'm done with the path. I'm done with people who say... Oh, screw the path, this and that. Finally, the path is over. Who cares? I hate the path. So oh, my so God. I hate, I hate, I hate you. Path. I hate you because you're the person that hates the path. They win, they lose. So what? Who cares Well, you're the, the delusional fan that thought they actually had a chance at making the playoffs. Oh, uh, yeah. Going into after the 45 nothing win against the Chargers, I mean, wouldn't you have a slice of hope? Even the game against the Cardinals. The Cardinals are a good team. You know, it's not the Chargers 45 zip, but they're still a good team. And the Rams just crushing all of our hope, especially yesterday, the only way to stay alive, beating the Dolphins. Not happening. Dolphins look like they're on their way to a playoff victory, barring a game against the Raiders and the Bills. So we'll have to see what they want to do there. 
I'm done with the Patriots. So I do feel bad for Cam Newton. Just no one to throw to. No, no. weapons whatsoever. Nothing. Nothing. How can this quarterback job be intriguing to anybody looking at the weapons he has? For crying out loud, his leading receiver yesterday was Jacoby Myers, who was a two or a three option on any other team. Three. Three. Not even a two. Two's being generous. It's, Very generous. You know, his performance put him at a two-spot kind of deal. Definitely a three. The only other problem is the Patriots aren't going to tank for a better pick. No. They're too honorable for that. If they were smart, they'd just let Jared Sidham run around and throw interceptions all the day long. But that's not going to happen. They're going to sit around at a 15 pick right now, and they'll probably stay there. Not great. They're probably going to trade it away. So this season's a complete wash. And as we said, you know, once the Patriots playoff season, their, their season's over pretty much now. Uh, we don't even know who the quarterback's going to be. Uh, Bill Belichick leaving it open for Jared Stidham to take over. But we said, you know, uh, once the season was over for them, we would switch into the Celtics. So, you know, we'll just say right now, both Alex and I consistent, consensusly think, wow, I couldn't spit that one out, huh? Consensus thought Consensus Wednesdays thought, are now Celtics. Not even no, I wasn't even going with that. But oh, um, that too. But yeah, that too. But I was saying that um, the Patriots will lose to the Bills, beat the Jets. Yep, they're going to go so, uh, what seven and nine? I seven said seven and so. nine. So that's what we're looking at. Can't see the draft odds changing that much. Not that it really matters all that much because this team cannot draft within the first three rounds. But we'll get off the Patriots for now. Next up, we'll go to pretty much the Patriots. We're pretty much going to stay with the Patriots as we go to Tampa Bay. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defeating the Atlanta Falcons 31-27. to Tom Brady has just owned the Falcons over the years. 7-0 career record against the Atlanta Falcons. Obviously the 28-3 Super Bowl comeback and obviously the 24-7 to comeback yesterday down 17 nothing at the half. Alex, I mean, sitting there, there was just no no thought whatsoever that they were going to come back. There was no doubt. No, the Atlanta Falcons have been down this road too many times. Brady not looking so hot in the first half. Obviously, he turned it on, going for 390 yards and two touchdowns. That's his finishing stat line. 320 of those pass yards in the second half. Leonard Fournette, a beast in the red zone. Two touchdowns there. And to seal the deal, how ironic. Tom Brady throwing to Antonio Brown, 45-yard touchdown pass to win the game in the fourth quarter. Buccaneers hold on for the win. Falcons fall the 4-10. and 10. Uh, A very promising wide receiving, young wide receiving core, I may add, in Calvin Ridley and Russell Gage. Ridley, 163 yards and a touchdown. Gage, five catches, 70 yards for a touchdown. You have to think, Julio Jones' future, not too promising over in Atlanta, especially with all the money he's probably owed. He's complete injury toll that he's taken over the past couple of years especially Matt Ryan though still showing he has a 356 yards three touchdowns like the blowout or the barn burner that everybody probably guessed that this game would have have total 58 points obviously Buccaneers uh looking like a Super Bowl contender once again I'd say the Falcons lost another game which would in which they led by 16 or more points that's a third such game this season that is just not a stat you want to be on that end of. No. Nope. Not at all. Um, but as for Devin White, this kind of flew under the radar yesterday. Devin White had 12-plus tackles and 3-plus sacks for the second time in his career uh, yesterday. Very talented Buccaneers defense. That probably should have held the Falcons to a little less points in 27. But either way, they showed up when it mattered. Not in the first half, of course. But when it mattered, they stopped them and they get a win. Now I see Alex Jaworski's like Tony Romo over there saying that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will be playing the Super Bowl at home. I think it's uh, if this is a year that we're going to have a home team playing the Super Bowl that's actually playing where they are, this is going to be the year. I 
I agree that they well, obviously with the team with Tom Brady and all these battle tested um these guys that have been to the playoffs, experienced it. You know, you got Tom Brady. We, I don't got to talk about Tom Brady's playoff resume. You got Antonio Brown. You got Rob Gronkowski. The one flaw, and it's not their defense. It's Bruce Arians. I've been on. I've been on the kind of Bruce Arians hate train this whole year, and I'm going to stick by it. I can't buy them to go to the Super Bowl automatically with him as the head coach. I really can't. Why is Tom Brady throwing the ball deep that many times? Is my question. That Tom Brady hasn't. Look at him. He's been the most successful quarterback in the NFL over the past two decades ever. And you're throwing it deep. You're changing up what he's never done before. It makes no damn sense to me. So I can't buy into them until we see some more. I mean, this team. There's no reason why this team should be nine and five. No, you're right. They should be much better. Right. Exactly. This is not a nine and five football team. So it's tough to kind of, and you know what? I'm not saying that they're not going to the Super Bowl, but it's tough to kind of say like, like Tony Romo, he's dead set. Like, oh, we'll see these guys here back in, back in uh, February. Why, Tony? Because they hung around for the first three quarters with the Kansas City Chiefs. The hungry dog runs faster. I'm not sure if you've ever heard that statement before. Oh, I've heard it from you multiple times. Tampa Bay being 11 and five into the playoffs or 10 and six for that matter. Does it, the record doesn't matter. Whoever shows up in the playoffs is going to go on a run and is going to win. The Buccaneers are primed to show up for the playoffs, and especially Tom Brady, with weapons at his disposal, I may add, completely opposite last year, where he had Edelman and, God, who else? I don't even remember who's left out of that team, even though they're practically still all there. I mean, he had Edelman, and he had what Cam had right now, minus Edelman. So if you want to think about that, this is... The Buccaneers are primed for a run. No, I mean, again, they are absolutely primed for a run. It's just how far can they go with the way they're playing right now? They've had some close games that shouldn't have been close, and they've lost some games they shouldn't have lost. And it's going to be interesting to see. Well, that could see. be like any team. That is like any team. And, you know, one thing I will say for the Buccaneers that is definitely um, an advantage for them is there's no cut. Uh, there's no clear-cut NFC, like, dominant NF- NFC team. Right now, I'd say the Packers. The Buccaneers already beat the Packers. So that's something. But like we said, we got to kind of move it along here. Um, next up, we got 49ers at Cowboys. Not going to spend a ton of time on this one. Cowboys defeating the 49ers 41 to 33. Cowboys stay alive. 49ers now out of playoff contention. Dallas won six of their last seven against the Niners. Alex, you want to say anything here before we get going other than Tony Pollard? Of course, we got to touch on that. But not really, not much else to talk about. I just want an apology. No, no. I, hey, I, I'll apologize for picking this law. Lo- uh, I apologize for picking the Niners in this one, but I won't apologize for you comparing um, the Cowboys to the Niners. I won't apologize for that. Yeah, I don't know. You can kind of lump them in five and nine now. Let's see if the Bengals can pull off an upset. We won't get into Steelers that. Steelers are notorious See, for playing down the competition. This, this is how we show up late to our event here. Uh, that's definitely a story for another day. Next up, we got Seahawks at the Washington football team. Seattle wins this one 20-15 to clinch a playoff berth. Jamal Adams is going to the playoffs. You know, I want to say, and I want to talk directly to all our friends over in the Washington area, Washington State, the Seattle area, I don't believe in your team. It's, I don't t- be- it's tough to believe in them with this defense. It and really I is. don't, as of late, I do not believe in your quarterback. Let Russ cook. This has been more like let Russ simmer on the counter, on low heat. 121 <laughs> yards, a touchdown, and, an, and a pick against a Washington football team that still is very bad. Mind you, their defense is good. Their team their is very is bad. Great. Their team is very bad. Their defense is great. They are 6-8 and eight for a reason. They are not a good team. Their defense is good. Their team is not. 
the Seattle Seahawks that we know, the modern era Seattle Seahawks, should obliterate this team. And they did not. But, but you know, here's the thing with the Seahawks is they've always just found a way to win. You know what I mean? You're right. They won. Win's a win. You're absolutely right. And I know a win's a win, but what I'm saying here is necessarily is that, you know, if they don't blow somebody out or if they don't lose a close game, they squeeze out a victory. You're right. They do. They really always find their own ways to win. It's kind of interesting. And I will say, yes, Russell... And you know what? This might be some people might not like this take, especially our Seattle uh, listeners here. But I'm going to say it. I think a lot of people bought into Russell Wilson's MVP candidacy and all that because the fact that the media blew up that he never got an MVP vote. Right. And especially when you got Chris Collinsworth, you know, week two when they play the Patriots, this guy's got my vote. It's week two, Chris. It's week two. How are you going to tell me he's got your vote? Sure as hell don't have mine, that's for sure. So you, you you know what? Yes, he's definitely slowed down. Absolutely. But the dude still has 37 passing touchdowns this season. That's a career high for him. And he's been doing it in large part without a running game for this whole season as they've been banged up all year. Carlos Hyde has been a great fill-in. A guy who I thought was good uh, with his time with the Jaguars. You know, and, you know, kind of just an unfortunate ending for him uh, as he kind of bounced around and become a number 3-4 guy that we really don't see much. But... You know, the, let's not discredit Russ, but I will say he was overhyped because of all the attention brought to hit the fact of him never getting an MVP vote. And you know what? From here on in, I'm going to hold him accountable. We're going to see what he does uh, from here on in, last two weeks of the season. What does he want to do? Does he want to be MVP, Russ, or does he want to let Russ simmer? We'll see. Next up, we got Bears at Vikings. Bears defeating the Vikings 33-27 to to advance to 7-7 seven and seven on the season. Chicago. They scored 30-plus points in three straight games for the first time since 2013. Makes you think, was it really the right decision benching Mitchell Trubisky when you were 4-0 to start the season and actually moving the ball? Well, obviously at the time it sure was. Now that they're kind of flip-flopped on what they want to do, the Bears are like kind of bipolar in what they want to do. They want to play for Mitch. They don't want to play for Mitch. They want to play for Nick Foles. They don't want to play for Nick Foles. Now they want to play for Mitch again. Who, Who only threw for 202 yards, a touchdown, and a pick also. David Montgomery stealing the show, 146 yards, two touchdowns. Chicago's defense, though, not quite where they want to be or where they used to be. They ate up Dalvin Cook last time they played in Chicago. Uh, This part, though, not so much. Dalvin Cook, 132 yards rushing for a touchdown. Strange but true. The Chicago Bears have 100-plus rushing yards in each of Mitchell Trubisky's seven starts this season. They had no such games with Nick Foles. They seem to like playing with Mighty Mitch a little more. Mighty Mitch knows how to move the ball. Very strange. Very strange. Very strange. But we'll move on here. Uh, next up, we got Bears Jaguars. stay alive, by the way. I'm sorry? Bears stay alive. Bears stay alive. As for the Vikings, things are looking a little more bleak. Uh, we'll move on here. Jaguars at Ravens. Ravens defeating the Jaguars 40-14. to Not much to touch on this. Baltimore winning... Uh, has won three straight games after losing four of their previous five. Uh, not the score that's going to affect anything here, but the Jaguars actually won yesterday with the Jets winning. They sure did. Trevor Lawrence inching closer and closer to the teal and gold in Jacksonville. No state income tax for him. He's going to look good in a Jags jersey. The Jags certainly the, better than he would in green and white. Have the easier schedule, uh, strength of schedule going forward, so they will get the number one draft pick as of right now. As of right now. So we'll have to wait and see. Uh, it may help. James Robinson looks to be questionable coming into week 16 with 
a leg or a lower body injury. I will keep it at that. I'm not 100% sure to the extent of the injury. Uh, Uncle Rico had an okay day on paper, 226 yards, two touchdowns. But uh, the more important part, the Jets upsetting the Los Angeles Rams. Upset of the century. I mean, the Jets can't. No, no, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. The Jets can't probably tank. No, they're so bad they can't even tank. And they win 23-20. to You know what, though? I feel like the Rams might have been the team to do it anyway, though. That's the weird part. That's the weird part I of me. I thought it would be the Raiders. This which... team this team is so weird. Barring a miracle, the Raiders obviously wouldn't have done it. They were my next team. I almost picked the Raiders, too, for, the, for, to the, for them to lose. But our prediction, not so much. The Jets do win a game in 2020. Their first win since week 17 of 2019. You know, it sucks because the one time they need Greg Williams, poof, he's not there. Dr. Heat. He's not there. Dr. Heat's not there to send all send all his uh, linebackers and linemen out to the quarterback. Not I mean, quite. I mean, Alex, we're looking at we're watching that Raiders game and we're like, they just sent an all-out blitz. If that's not literally blowing a game on national television, throwing a game on national television, not even blowing it, they threw that game. It's Dr. Heat. On, on national television. How did, could you possibly think that they were going to win a game? That's Alex and I were dead set. We're saying, no way. Jets are going 0-16. They just blew a game on national television. And they did it again. But this time they won. They won. I, I really don't get it. Maybe Adam Gase is one more F you to the Jets fans and all that. Maybe. I don't know. I really don't understand what the point of that was. But good for Trevor Lawrence and good for football fans because you know the Jets were going to ruin that guy. Bad loss for the Los Angeles Rams, let me tell you. And now let's see. Let's see if they get if they end up actually getting the – assuming the Jaguars tank out properly like they should and uh, they get the number one pick. Let's see who the Jets take. Will it be Justin Fields? Will they go with Sam Darnold again and just – I, I don't know. They need a lot of work is the problem. Yeah. Jags and the Jets, too. They might need uh, Jesus Christ Yeah, for any kind of help. And uh, some people may think he ain't coming back, so we'll have to wait and see. Next up, we've got... Actually, well, it's his birthday coming up. That's allegedly. Embrace debate. <laughs> so, next up, we've got Lions at Titans. Tennessee, 10-plus wins for the first time since 2008. Handing the Lions a 46-25 to loss. Ryan Tannehill accounting, to, accounting for five total touchdowns. I want to see Tennessee Titans, Kansas City Chiefs, AFC Championship rematch. That's what I want to see. That's all I want in life. I want the Chiefs to win like 66-59. to That's what I want that game to be. Now, I don't... I think the, the game itself is that far off, but it wouldn't be that low, uh, that high scoring. The thing with the Titans is they have a great offense, yes, but we say it all the time on the show, and we don't have to be the ones to say it. To beat the Chiefs, you keep Mahomes in that offense on the sideline. That's how you beat the Chiefs. And the Titans have the ability to do such that with Derrick Henry, who, again, rushes for 27 uh, – 20, he rushes the ball 24 times, 147 yards, and a touchdown, averaging six yards a carry. The dude's a beast. He could even top 2,000 yards. And, you know, had they not gotten spanked in the first half against Cleveland, I don't think we'd even be talking about it right now because it'd be he's definitely going to get 2,000 yards. He didn't. He missed out on pretty much three full quarters because they had to throw the ball because they were behind. Right. So this guy should have 2,000 yards, no question. Obviously, should have, could have, would have. But come on. Anyone with half a brain can look at that and say, wow, you know, he probably should have hit 2,000 yards. I'd say so myself, too. And he's going to be the rushing champion back-to-back years. 100%. 
And we'll get moving here. Next up, we got Texans at Colts. Indianapolis has won 10 of their last 13 with yesterday's 27 and 20 victory over the Texans. It happens again. Another goal line fumble for the Houston Texans against the Indianapolis Colts. Who I was looking, we were watching that yesterday. I look at Alex, it's like, wait a second. Am I having deja vu, or did this exact situation happen like three weeks ago? Have we seen this somewhere before? We sure have. I think we have, he says. Deshaun Watson, though, great performance from him, like I said. 373 yards, two touchdowns. Indy, another lucky win, but they're still hanging around. They're still a good team. Uh, You know what? Luck is luck. Sometimes to be good, you got to be lucky. And they were lucky here. So, you know what? Good for them. Another good win. T.Y. Hilton, not quite where my prediction was. Still got 71 yards here on four catches. Phillip Rivers is a uh, is a seasoned vet. The Colts also have some legs in the playoffs, I will say. So don't be surprised if the Colts are hanging around. Some have, have been calling them a top-five team in the NFL. Old man Rivers, who has as many fingers as he has kids, has two-plus touchdowns in five straight games. That's his longest streak since 2018. He's playing some good football. Actually, you know, some might even call him Mr. December slash January. Phillip Rivers has a 47-24 record, and that's a uh, .662 win percentage in his career in the months of December and January. He's been pretty good in the colder months. Well, it helps when you're playing out in San Diego. Yes, back then it was San Diego. Remember that? Remember Remember that? I do too. The San Diego Chargers, so it helps then. But good for old man Rivers. Maybe another kid on the way. Who knows? Oh, maybe. Hell maybe. Uh, next up, we've got Eagles at Cardinals. Cardinals defeating the Eagles 33-26 to complete the season sweep on the NFC East this year for the first time since 2014. Not much of an accomplishment as we know how much of a dumpster fire that division is. But the talk of this game, got to be Jalen Hurts. You know, you're down 16 nothing at the end of the first quarter. The rookie, you know, he just stayed... He kept his composure. He actually finishes with 24-44, uh, 338 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Future looks very bright in Philadelphia. Hopefully this isn't a flash in a pan deal. Hurts is, is everything that Carson Wentz isn't. I mean, being elusive in the pocket, arm strength, eluding sacks, running. I mean, still 63 yards and a touchdown on the on the feet for Jalen Hurts as well. Possibly one of the better dual-threat quarterbacks in the NFL. Hmm, Lamar well, Jackson. It's, it's, tight hmm. to, it's, it's tough to say that off just two Only games three weeks, right? Two now. games. But, you know, I will say this. Had Jalen Hurts been starting majority of the season, even maybe the whole season, I think the NFC East would belong to Philadelphia right now. Now, I don't know about the whole season, but I certainly agree with your majority of the season. But let's not overshadow the Cardinals' win they stay alive. They stay in the hunt. Kyler Murray also, 406 yards and three touchdowns, looking like the MVP candidate that he once was. DeAndre Hopkins obviously back-clicking 170 yards and a touchdown. When that duo is ki- is clicking, I mean, look out, look out. And I mean, obviously wanted... Darius Slay out didn't help the uh, Eagles. Already He's sour burnt. backfield. He's burnt. I think and, so, And too. you know what? I want to add uh, a little bit more to our stat here. I updated us on on Friday, uh, Eagles with Carson Wentz, 35-33-1. and one. Without Wentz as a starting quarterback, they're 12-3 and three now. Something to look at, especially with Doug Peterson. But 
Again, that's just something to look at. We already touched on the Jets-Rams game. So next up, we got Chiefs at Saints. Kansas City won 11 straight road games. That's the longest active streak in the NFL with yesterday's 32-29 victory over the Saints. Patrick Mahomes doing Patrick Mahomes things, finishing 26-47, 254 yards, and three touchdown troopers. He had an all right return, 15-34, 234 yards, three touchdowns, and an interception. Pretty bad interception, might I add. But this was a good game. They held it close. Um, definitely the game of the game of the week as it, it was supposed to be. I'm glad I changed my pick. Why this game wasn't flexed, I don't really know why. Uh, maybe they want the New York market to be happy. I don't really know what's going on there. I'm glad I changed my pick for the Chiefs to go 15-1. Kansas City Chiefs are your Super Bowl 54 winners? 54, that's right. Um, Patrick Mahomes is now 9-0 and in his career versus top five scoring defenses based on their ranks entering the game. And as for Alvin Kamara, he has fewer than 100 scrimmage yards in seven straight games. That's his longest streak of his career. Uh, obviously, we knew Taysom Hill wasn't really helping him. Uh, they really were... I, I feel like they didn't really know how to operate the offense. You know, you have Drew Brees, who's been the quarterback there for forever now, you know, for as long as I can remember. You know, it's tough when you switch to a guy who's a utility knife, the Swiss Army knife. They literally call him the Swiss Army knife. But good game anyway. And uh, to wrap things up here, we got Browns at Giants. Sunday night football, Browns defeating the Giants 20-6. to Cleveland, 10 wins for the first time since 2007 as they advance to 2-4. and four. Uh, As they advance to 10-4 and four on the season, excuse me. Uh, this was a very boring Sunday night game, might I add, Alex? Sure was. Baker Mayfield did show up, though, I may add. Not like his usual Baker-esque performances. Nearly 300 yards and two touchdowns there. Nick Chubb with a touchdown there. Kareem Hunt, quiet night. Seven touches, 21 yards. Rashad Higgins, Jarvis Landry, Donovan Peoples-Jones, and Austin Hooper all over 40 yards plus. Landry and Hooper with the touchdown catches. Colt McCoy running out of gas, 221 yards, doing as much as he can. Alfred Morris leading the backfield for the Giants there, 39 yards. They aren't your daddy's Cleveland Browns. The Browns are in the playoffs. Just like it's not your big brother's New England Patriots, right? Right. Those are our favorite sayings here. Uh, Baker Mayfield is now 8-1 against non-divisional opponents this season. He's 2-3 against the AFC North. So hoping he doesn't have to see any of them in the playoffs but speaking of a- a- AFC North, we'll wrap up this this episode as we wrap up every Monday episode. Tonight we've got Steelers at the Bengals. Pittsburgh's won 10 straight games against Cincinnati. Alex and I praying for a quiet night from Deontay Johnson. And myself, I need a quiet night from James Conner. I believe I'm still alive. We're in a standard league here. We're, we're dinosaurs. We play old school. Uh, we, like the, uh, we like the standard leagues. But No, I'm PPR, dumb. I'm, I am. I'm saying I am because I, I have Conner, too. I know you're PPR. majority of my leagues are PPR. This one, uh, we are standard. Uh, we're dinosaurs. Again, we, we like the old school stuff. But um, Pittsburgh won 10 straight games against Cincinnati. Really not much to say here. This is going to be a low-scoring game, I think. Uh, This Pittsburgh offense, you know, this has been pretty rough. They ranked 29th in offense this season, uh, 32nd in rushing, 21st in passing. Their defense ranks first. Going against Ryan Finley under center. Uh, This is two bottom three offenses. Uh, The uh, Cincinnati offense ranks 31st. Pittsburgh ranks 29th. Cincinnati's defense is actually a little bit better than people think it is. They're right in the middle here with a 16th-ranked defense. But no need to ramble on here. I'm going to go with the Steelers in a low-scoring game. Same here. I don't think we're going to have the same 36-10 to matchup No. back in uh, week – what was this? Week 9 or week 10? 
Week 9 or Week 10 it was. November and, 15th. And that was when Joe Burrow was still kicking. So uh, remember him? 6, 7, 8. That was Week 9. Yeah, 36 to 10. I don't think we're going to see that. Steelers have stalled out. As of late, they like to play down to their team's, their opponent's competition. So I think we're going to see a closer game. Steelers should win this one. Probably double digits still, but 17-7, 2017, or 2010, 27. Who knows? But that'll just about do it for this episode, Alex. You want to go ahead and plug the socials? Yes, be sure to follow the Redline Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Follow us on Instagram at RedlineSports617. Follow us on Twitter at RedlineSports. Follow Justin and I on Instagram. You can follow Justin on Instagram, Justin.Turpin. Follow me on Instagram, AlexJaworski underscore. Visit the Redline website by visiting RedlinePodcast.Weebly.com. Be sure to be on the lookout for all of our new blogs coming up and the podcast uploads after the new year. Be taking a little hiatus till next week. We'll have the week 16 recap. Obviously, Christmas break coming up. Want to spend some time. Give a little uh, break. We've been uh, pretty consistent as of late. Hope you've all been enjoying the content. We get a fly. But, of course, uh, I don't know what song we're going to lead us up with. So, Justin, if you want well, yeah, to filibuster why you, why real you, uh, While you pick a song, I do want to say uh, good luck to anybody if your fantasy matchups are riding on tonight's game. Good luck in the championship. Again, I'm trying to make it the clean sweep. No need to toot my own horn at all or anything, but trying to make it a clean sweep in all my leagues. But, anyways, uh, glad Alex kind of gave me a second to filibuster. I just want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and uh, – we almost did it, guys. We're almost out of this year that has been just a total nightmare in tw- a nightmare rather in 2020. Uh, as I see Alex looking intently to find a song here, as here we go. Over the ears, over the nose, in the mouth. We'll see you all next week. Week 16 recap. See you then. I can't wait to play this li- uh, driving down the Mass Pike. I don't like this. I like the Rascal Class one better to be honest. But I never heard this one. Tom Cochran. Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy holidays.